Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright, and today we get to look at the readings for Palm Sunday and the Sunday of the Passion. And it's not that it's two Sundays. There's just a lot happening in this text and in this uh, on this Sunday. And one of the big things that we get to look at, first of all, is the triumphal entry of Jesus. Why is this a big deal? Well, first of all, we have to remember that Jesus is not accepted by the religious elite, the Pharisees, Sadducees, all these people. And he's not accepted because he is a challenge to them. He, they don't like that he has challenged their power, their status, frankly, their teachings. And they understand the Bible through the law. Thus says the Lord, do this, don't do this, and if you do this or don't do this well enough, then God will forgive you, and he'll be pleased with you, and he might bestow salvation upon you. And then Jesus shows up, and he teaches contrary to this. You cannot fulfill the law. You are damned under the law. The law crushes The law kills. And because of that, I will come and fulfill the law and give you my life. And if you believe in me, then you too will have life everlasting. And it seems so contrary to everything that the Old Testament has been teaching. I mean, you have 600 and something laws in the first five books of the Bible, and Jesus just does away with them. And Jesus just says, nope. This is all about love, and I want to be really careful about this. When I say it's all about love, it is the love of God for you. What does that mean? That means that he takes on your flesh, lives your life perfectly, and dies to your sin. Not so that you can live any way you want, not that you can uh, deny the work of Christ to bestow it upon yourself as if you are the one who has earned and did everything good. It is God putting himself in you and on you, uh, the imputation of Christ on you his work, his person, so that when God the Father sees you, he sees the Son, his Son, his work on you. And so the triumphal entry is Jesus entering into the holy city, and he does this to show that he is the prophet, the one who has promised to come. And this is such an amazing event. So the next day, a large crowd that had come to the feast, this is Passover, heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And this is, this is amazing because the King of Israel is coming and he's riding a donkey. And I, I don't know about you, 
But when I think of a king, I think of pomp and circumstance. I, I think might, majesty. I think formalities. I, the whole nine yards, the red carpet, and the crowds. They try to do the best they can to give Jesus the red carpet. They lay palm branches down. They lay their cloaks down. They sing these praises. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They do all these things because they recognize that Jesus is not just a mere teacher, that Jesus is not just a good rabbi, that he is something else. And he is the one who has promised to fulfill everything. And by Jesus coming in, he is making the statement that he is the king of Israel, the one who is promised. And he enters into the holy city like all the other prophets. And now this doesn't mean that all the prophets entered on a donkey, but all the prophets go to Jerusalem, the holy city. Now, there's some huge things happening. I don't remember off the top of my head if it's the gospel account from St. Matthew or St. Luke. I believe it's St. Luke that uh, the Pharisees see here uh, this kerfuffle. What, what, what's happening with the triumphal entry? And they actually yell at Jesus. Hey, tell these people to stop worshiping you. Tell them to stop saying these things. And... Jesus says, if they stopped saying these things, Hosanna, blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord, then the very stones would cry out these truths. I think that is so cool. And, and I connect this to the prophet Ezekiel, because he says that God will give us, his people, a heart of flesh. He will change our hearts of stone for hearts of flesh. And what's amazing about this is Jesus is making the statement that those who are singing these praises, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He is making the statement that these people are living in faith. These people have the Spirit of God in them, and they are so moved that they are speaking the truth because they have hearts of flesh. They no longer have dead hearts of stones like the Pharisees. And again, I make this statement against the Pharisees because it seems like it doesn't seem like they're holding on to the law and they expect the law to work to do what it's supposed to do and they think it can save them. But Jesus shows that he is the fulfillment of the law. And this is where we get faith. We get faith in the work that the Holy Spirit gives to us so that we recognize and see who Jesus is, the fulfillment of all that we failed to do. And on top of that, he now gives us the faith, the confession, the life, the very heart to make this confession and to live it out. And I think that's really important to live it out. These are not just uh, nice words to say. These aren't just nice lip service. This is the life of the Christian in Christ, to sing praises and to recognize who Jesus is as he enters into the holy cities, the king of Israel, the king of creation, the king of your salvation. 
So the continuation of this, the triumphal entry, then moves into the gospel lesson for the divine service. And that comes to us from St. John, the 12th chapter. And this is, again, interesting because we see more fulfillment. We, we see, this is uh, St. John 12, uh, verse 20 to 43. Now, among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. Now, this is important because these aren't Israelites. These aren't Hebrews. These aren't people that would naturally just be there for the Passover. These are outsiders. These are heathens. These are infidels, whatever other term you want to throw in there. And they find Philip because they know that Jesus is there. And they make this statement, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Now, I don't know why they wanted to see Jesus. I don't know if they wanted to be all philosophical with Jesus and say something like, hey, we heard your teachings and we we got a bone to pick with you. Or have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? I, I don't know, except that they see Jesus as something more than just a good teacher, as a good uh, rabbi. He is something more. And sir, we wish to see Jesus. And I love this because Philip, being one of the disciples, runs to another disciple. And then Philip and Andrew run to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, there's some Greeks and they want to talk to you. And I, I, I can hear the confusion. What, what do we do? What, I, I don't know what they want. They just, they just want to see you. And Jesus makes this statement. And in my mind's eye, I see him um, not yelling, but raising his voice so that everybody can hear, the Greeks, the Jews, whoever is near. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies— It remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. This is, again, a very, very big statement, because Jesus makes this blanket statement, anyone, Everyone. He doesn't just say the Jew. He doesn't just say the Greek. Anyone who believes in him. And I love this statement because this statement, if you believe in me, is such an easy, easy, well, no, no, simple. Let's go simple. It is a simple statement. Just believe. Have you ever told somebody who is stressed about their day or stressed about a problem? Have you ever looked at them and said, hey, just relax. That's the absolute truth. They, they do need to relax. But it's always funny to say, because it's not like that person forgot to relax or didn't know to relax. They're just really consumed with the problem, the issue, the situation. And so the whole idea that Jesus says, just believe in me, it's not that we don't know that we're supposed to believe in God, in Christ. It's that the, the repercussions, the consequence, the, the, what follows after that, the change of life, the continuity of that faithful life, that faithful action, that p- baptismal life that is lived out. 
that is what gets hard. And just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. And Jesus makes this huge statement and points out, because it's not easy, I will take care of it. Because it is hard, in fact, it's impossible for you to do, I will take care of it. I will take all this upon myself and make you holy in and through my work, in and through my life. And this is what is offered. And he's speaking to the Greeks. He's speaking to the Jews. He's speaking to anybody that is listening. And not that Jesus is some attention hog trying to just get a following. This is a genuine offer from God Almighty to the sinner, to the people of this world of all times. And the statement that the Son of Man has come, or the time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, this is, he will be recognized for who he is, the Son of God, the Christ, the Messiah, the Redeemer, the King of creation, the very God, light of light, begotten, not made, the crucified one all for you. This is going to be revealed. And this is going to be revealed through the Holy Ghost, the Word, so that all the all lifeblood of Christ has been laid and given to you. And Jesus continues. He says, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. That is my death. That is my suffering hell in your place. This is all given to you. Father, glorify your name in and through my work is intimately connected to the Son, just as the Son is connected, intimately connected to the Father. They are one. Uh, St. Paul in the letter to the Hebrews says, Jesus is the exact imprint of God. Our walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. And here too is laid before you. Walk in this promise. Walk in this light. Walk in this work. Because it has made you who you are. You are a child of light, loved by God, would stand holy and righteous. This is Jesus' holiness. This is Jesus' righteousness put upon you. You didn't earn it, as you know, but it's given to you. And again, that statement that you get to believe in this righteousness, that same thing happens to you. You get to look upon the cross and say, there is my life in the life and work and person of Christ Jesus. I find my hope in him. I think the Palm Sunday, uh, the Sunday of the Passion, because everything begins on this day. And when I mean everything, this is, this is Holy Week. And Holy Week is the joy of everything building up to crucifixion. And this forgiveness of sins helps us to be relieved of the burden of sin, the crucifixion, and everything that leads up to the crucifixion. This is not fun. It's good because that is the work that God uses to fulfill the Old Testament, to fulfill the requirements of the law, to fulfill what is needed to gain you access to that glorification. And we sing that, those glorified words, Hosanna in the highest, blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. Everything that happens on the... Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.